0: Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Hello and welcome to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Today I have joining with me Patricia Cimino, and uh, Patricia and I met, gosh, about a year ago, just a little over, or a little less than a year ago now um, in Clearwater at, a, at an event, and we stayed in touch and um, very excited to share her journey today and insights. So Patricia, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, about yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Wendy. My name is Patricia Chimino I'm a certified life and business coach, and I help solopreneurs ones that are uh service-based entrepreneurs who have either just put the stake in the ground with a sign that they are a new business i help them launch or the ones that are already in business and are just stuck stuck in their business so i help them uh get to a place that gets them out of stuck zone and into a thriving zone
0: that's awesome because stuckness seems to be a thing in an entrepreneur world, isn't it? In 2020. <laughs> especially in 2020. <laughs> why do you think a lot of people get stuck? Where do, like, where, why do they get stuck?
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest thing, they're stuck in their own self-belief. They're stuck in doubt. They're stuck in fear. And they let all of that kind of override everything it overrides the reason why they wanted to get in the business it overrides them taking action even just a little baby step they're just stuck in their head it's a mental roadblock that they have that's preventing them to actually do what they've been so passionate about doing their entrepreneurial dream and those are the people that i love helping because once we bust through that they're offering their their gifts and talents to the world and they're earning income, and it's just a win-win. And so what do you see as the most
0: common fears? And I, I know I know from my own experience
1: what I fear, um, so I'm curious what you find. Oh, yeah, for sure it's fear of being seen. It's fear of other people's opinions. It's fear of failure. Yep, yep, I've seen all those. I.
0: <laughs> it's not something that you just necessarily bust through once and then you're done
1: it's, it's it feels no, like every time you up level you're going to have a, the next level of fear and the next yeah. level of doubt and that's why it's so important to have people like you and I coaches guiding you along keeping you in that space Absolutely. Right? and
0: I think we tell ourselves a lot of stories and make excuses without really recognizing what is really keeping us there like oh I can't do this because of COVID or I can't do this because I've got a, the kids in school, or you know,
1: like I got to get the kids to school. I find a lot of people make excuses. Yeah, for sure, and I think sure. that that is where the power of coaching is, because as coaches, I heard this analogy once, and I think it's a great analogy. It's like you're stuck in a bottle and you cannot see the label, but as the coach, we're standing on the outside. We read the label. We see exactly where you're at, and we can help you through that. You know, if if you were able to get through that on your own, you wouldn't you wouldn't need a coach, right? But when you're stuck, it's telling you you need some extra help there. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of times we can't see what's in our blind spot. We can't see that those are excuses, right? We just think they're facts. They're the facts of our life. And we take them as facts versus they're just thoughts. And our thoughts are always optional. But when I start to talk to my clients about their thinking and thoughts being optional. It's a whole new concept. Right. And so that's one of the things that I really work through the neuroscience of that with my clients.
0: That's awesome. So how did you get started? How did you get here?
1: Oh my gosh. So I, um, first and foremost have been, ra- I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. So, um, I've been around family business my whole life. Then of course, when I graduated college, I didn't want to work for the family business. I wanted to go into corporate and I went into corporate. I worked for a couple different, uh, fortune 500 companies. I worked for tech startups and, uh, it was like putting a round peg in a square block. I just couldn't fit. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. I love that. Um, there's not all that red tape in between and I left corporate and I went to work for my family business. And then I went on and I worked for myself. I had my own business before my coaching business. Um, So the first business that I had was really, it stemmed from a passion project and it grew into a business. And when I closed it, I um, was trying to decide what was next for me. And at the time I was moving and I was packing up all of my books <laughs> and all of my books were the same. They were all like personal development, personal growth, faith, all this stuff that's growth related. And I was mentioning that to a friend of mine and they said to me, well, yeah, that's you. And I was like, well, no, everybody's got these books. And she looked at me and she said, no not everybody's got those books. That's you. So um, that was the opening. And I started looking at some different programs. And And then what ended up happening is I really found a program that I was attracted to because it was so heavy in the neuroscience, in the mind shifts, in learning how to think on purpose, thought management. And it was something that I felt like, how could I be so positive for everybody else? And so negative to myself. And I really wanted to solve that. And when I went through this, I, I just, my, I I was blown away and my, 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 everything changed for me, everything in my life changed. And so that's when I knew I need to make this my work and help other people. with.
0: That's awesome. Cause there's so much to it. I, I, I recognized myself that I was not higher hardwired to be a positive person. I was a really negative child. (laughs) I was like the, my sister still makes fun of me for being the kid walking 50 feet behind the family with arms crossed, pouting at Disney World as a child. And now I have a child like that, <laughs> and, um, it's payback, but just, um, the, that I wasn't hardwired. And so I did make a decision around, um, uh, I think it was in, it was my high school year. So I think it was ninth grade. And I just decided I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be crappy anymore. And now I re- recognize the, um, the relevance of that decision. At the time, it was just like, eh, I just don't feel like doing that anymore. Now I know it's like, now I have to, a lot of times I'll be not feeling, um, if I'm not feeling up, you know, happy and stuff like that. I don't remember back to like, oh yeah, ninth grade, I just could decide, that I wasn't gonna be like that anymore. And then my life changed from just being more positive. And, but um, definitely, there's times where I go back to that negative, and you have to constantly kind of work at it too. too. Yeah,
1: and, and listen, it, it's not about um, putting on the smile and the Pollyanna, it's yeah. not about that. It, you know, putting on the smile, the Pollyanna, and feeling really horrible on the inside, then it creates an inalignment, right? Yeah. Because you're trying, to, you're trying to tell yourself one thing and you're feeling another. So it's not about that. It's about really recognizing that negative thinking that's going on and just noticing it and becoming aware of it and getting curious about yourself. Like, why am I feeling like this? What am I thinking in this moment that's making me feel this way? And when you approach it from that curiosity, you learn about yourself and you learn then in that moment that you can make a decision, a choice. Do I want to stay Thinking this and feeling this way or do I want to shift and focus my attention on something that feels better and so I think it's really great that you just brought up this um, idea of you made a decision because so many times we get stuck in indecision and when we are in indecision nothing happens we just sit in confusion and it's what we call or what I call an indulgent emotion right? We're sitting in confusion and we're not moving forward in any way. And that just leads down to more negativity, victim thinking, all of that. And that doesn't really grow you. It doesn't grow you personally or professionally. So being able to be a quick decision maker like that is huge.
0: Yeah. So talk a little bit about more about the neuroscience and how- Yes, I love it. So my approach
1: really, yeah, my approach really um, is a simple approach that just wraps up neuroscience and positive psychology principles and believe it or not yoga philosophies because I am a yogi and used to teach so I don't know what I think it was 20 years ago up until 20 years ago science told us that we were hardwired that the way that we came out of the womb the way that we thought was the way that we were and that we could not be changed and 20 years ago with the, with the study of neuroscience, they found that our brain is malleable, like a rubber band. Our brain can change, which is the, the best news ever, what right? Because you can change literally how you are thinking and how you are feeling. And listen, everything we do or don't do comes from how we feel. Our feelings drive the action that we take. So if we can get a hold of what's happening up here between our temples and be intentional with what we want to think, create power thinking that empowers us to take inspired action, it makes all the difference in the world. And that is exactly the work that I work on with my clients. It's like, yes, there's strategies involved and a lot of coaches will give a lot of action, action, action things to do. But for the work that I do, I don't do, I do causal coaching. I want to get at the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you thinking what you're thinking that's creating that action? How can we create a more empowering mindset so that you go out and you hit all your goals, right? Yeah. Well, and talk a little bit more
0: too about because your your thoughts also create your reality. Which- of course. Yes, I think a lot of people have it reversed and I know I did. My reality is creating my thoughts or, you know, my, my feelings
1: about it or my, but it's really the opposite. And yeah. Thoughts I, become things for sure. Yeah. So you, you're thinking when you have a thought about something, you create a feeling. It generates a feeling within you and how you feel, like I just said, dictates whether you're going to take action or not. Because inaction is also inaction, right? Right. And the action that you take or don't take will always give you a result. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the results in your life, like wherever you're at right now, if you're watching it on YouTube or if you're listening to us on the podcast, look around your environment, look at everything that you have surrounding you, every single thing that you have in your life, you first had a thought about it. Mm -hmm. And whatever you thought is what led you to have it in your environment today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you could probably reverse engineer a lot of those things too to say this, you know, this cause effect, cause effect, cause effect. And um, if you go back and just look at what you have results, even like good results or bad results. For sure a lot of times I can pinpoint the point where it all broke down or the point Mm -hmm. where it all expanded. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: yeah, that's um, that's something that if I, if I go back to things that are not so good in my life, some results, I can usually pinpoint it to some fear Mm -hmm. (laughs) of making a, a decision um, um, you know, an action I took out of fear or in something I didn't do because of fear. Um, there's definitely a lot of that ties back to fear, which is great while you're getting to the cause. um, Yes. Yes. Help drive those results.
1: Yes. And I love what you just said. Like a lot of times you'll go back and you see where you broke down or skyrocketed because so many times for a lot of people and a lot of entrepreneurs, A lot of business owners, you know, they don't take the time to do an evaluation of what went well, what didn't go well what will I do differently next time? Mm-hmm. And they just keep repeating the same thing and they keep getting the same results. And that can apply to anything and anyone, even if like you're on a health journey, right? And you're trying to lose some weight and you're not really evaluating what's going well, what's not going well, what are you going to do differently? And you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and nothing's happening. No, no number on the scale is changing. Right? Because you're not taking that time to really evaluate. And I think that's really great that you have done that with your own career, like look and seeing where things, where and why things took off or didn't. Yeah.
0: Super yeah. And I also think so, I have um, one of the things I've always attributed to things taking off is being visible. So, <laughs> of course, there that is, you know, whenever, um, when I stop. Wanting to be visible or being visible. I know there's some kind of sabotage going on there. And I'm sure you know, and you work with your clients a lot on sabotages. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I gave mine a name. Oh she's yeah, the general. And when she pops her head, the general, she's barking orders at me. She's telling me what to do. And I have to tell her to go sit in the corner. Like I, and that's what I tell my clients, like identify that saboteur, that, mm-hmm. you know, inner critic, give it a name so you can separate it from you. A lot yeah. of times we think that that voice, we think it's us and it's not. Yeah.
0: Yes. I have an inner saboteur. Um, and sometimes she's barking orders at me. And sometimes she's just kind of really lazy. Just like, I don't feel like doing this. Or, I don't feel like doing that. Why don't you take the day off? Why don't you do that? <laughs> so right? I think that sabotage can be very um, uh, sneaky in how it can get, you know, what ways it can sabotage you. Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: There's there's a lot of things, and I don't know. Have you ever read the book um, The Big Leap by Gay? Yes, Hager? I got it <laughs> on their bookshelf. I'm sure I have a lot of similar books as you do. Um, but the premise of the book, and I, I'm you know you know this, but for um, our listeners, is that once you reach a certain level of goodness and you jump in, if you you have a different interpretation, but like once you reach a certain level of goodness in your life, you can only tolerate so much of it. Like before your life is like, I gotta, I gotta ruin something here. I gotta do something to sabotage this. And, um, you might, it might be, um, getting in a fight with your spouse. It could be, um, not making phone calls like you're supposed to be doing or, or not posting on Facebook or social media or um, making bad money decisions or whatever. There's lots of ways to sabotage, but it was really intriguing in how that was identified as a thing um, because I can see that and now I can identify it when I'm, when I'm doing it and when other people are doing it too. It's like, oh, life's too good. Got to screw it up somehow.
1: And yeah, so powerful. A
0: really interesting book um, that uh, really pinpointed something that I was completely unaware of before reading it. And yeah. now, now I can certainly identify it.
1: So. Yeah. And you can create a strategy for when it wants to rear its ugly head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The saboteur has got a name now. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to name mine too.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you grew up in an entrepreneur world that is not very usual. Um, there's in the world that I grew up in, I, my, my father wasn't, was a business owner, entrepreneur, but still very, um, risk averse. Do you, did your family, um, did you grow up with taking risks and things like that? Or was that kind of a? So
1: my parents are the, are the typical immigrant Americans. Mm -hmm. My father is from a little village in Greece. My mother's from Italy. They met here. And when my father came to the States, he came at at 29 years old. He came here and he became a busboy. He did not know the language. He came here with like virtually no money in his pocket. He had one uncle here who picked him up from the airport in the middle of like the Chicago winter. And he had like a little, little tiny jacket on. And anyways, my point in telling you this is that he came and he, he, went to work as a busboy, and he then became a cook. Then he bought his first restaurant and back in the seventies, do you remember the family dining yeah. Greek diners? Right. Yes. And then from there he opened up another, a, a nightclub. He opened up that, t- that was not very successful. But then from there he opened up a banquet hall When banquet halls were just coming into the picture and it had fine dining and it had a bar. It had, all these things, right? So he kept taking risks, he kept leveling up from family dining to a cocktail lounge, to a banquet facility that held a thousand people. So he kept taking risks and that's what was modeled to me. And every time I start to get impatient, every time I start to have a doubt, a doubt that's creeping in, I think about him, I think about what he endured, not knowing the language, like when he came here and he opened up his first restaurant, he didn't have the money, to, to stock it, but this was back in the '60s when the dairy man said, "Here, I'm going to give you the eggs that you're going to need." The coffee man said, "Here, I'm going to give you the coffee that you need." You know, all these different purveyors gave him the stock, and then once he started making money, he paid them. Very different than what's happening today, but he just modeled this this risk-taking like attitude and going for it that really in me um, has instilled this tenacity that I think I get a lot of my tenacity from. And you know, in my own journey of entrepreneurship, there's been some things that were not financially successful, but I, I, kept, I kept going, I keep going. I don't let that throw me off. And I think that resiliency is one of the key backbones that we need as entrepreneurs, and so if you're coming from a, a, a background that is not entrepreneurial, maybe from a corporate background, or maybe your parents were in you know a, a, a job that was not entrepreneurial, not their own business, you know, learning this, learning to be this, is super important. Super important. It'll keep you in the game. It'll keep you striving for your dream.
0: Yeah, I I can see how it. It would be a nice um, a nice advantage to have had that modeled in your life because you just grew up in that in that environment. So you know, you're it was like the American dream, right? The, the yeah, but growing dream. up, you know,
1: growing up, there were there were times where it was like like when he went on to to build his the banquet hall, like he mortgaged everything. Like, oh. I mean, it was like everything was on the line. So there was like. You know, there were times where it was like he he was, it was hard. <laughs> it wasn't like this, you know, it wasn't like this, just everything is peachy keen, you know? I mean, he did, he did the, he tried another model that failed, you know, the cocktail lounge in the 70s. And it failed, but that didn't scare him. He then went on to, you know, keep going. You know, I think that's one of the beautiful things about where we live, right? We can do these things here. We have this opportunity
0: absolutely i love that and that um i think when that's you're the um i think the third potentially even more of my guests who have come from immigrant parents and just how how just was ingrained in this um coming from nothing so not afraid to be written to a <laughs> massive risk already. So it's like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? I go back to where I, with nothing. Um, it seems, and, and, and I'm just making this interpretation because it seems that, um, when you, when you get on a boat to, or plane or whatever and, and come across with nothing but a dream and you can build that up in yourself and then still, The kid or your kids witness that. I think that's a beautiful um, modeling of of resilience and grit and all the things that make an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. And absolutely, things do not work out all the time. I mean, I've (laughs) gosh, you know, we we both know it doesn't always work out. And um, it's at that point you have a decision to. Go back to where you think it's safe, safe in my air quotes because safety <laughs> is an illusion. Um, but where you think it's safe, or pick yourself up and go back and try again with the lessons learned. Yes, yes, hundred percent. I, I think that um, that there's a lot of, uh, you know, I lose, I've I've lost money. I'm sure you have lost money. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. And, a lot of, that's a big fear for a lot of people. And I can understand that. Um, But now I kind of look at it as, as tuition. I paid, I paid a tuition. I love
1: that. I love that one. My
0: original, I think it was Dr. Phil actually.
1: Oh, I never heard that before. I really like that.
0: It's a tuition to, you know, maybe the school of hard knocks, but um, learning lesson, there's always a lesson in it if you're willing to learn it. Yes. Um, you know, that's been, that's been a big takeaway for me is that, um, I'm not going to ref- I'm going to reframe this. I'm not losing money. I just paid some pretty high tuition. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's
1: a great way to look at it.
0: Yeah. So how much, what was your first year? Like, um, being in, you know, coming out of corporate and going in, uh-huh. you worked for the business first, but then let's talk about when you open your own business and what Are you that? talking
1: about? My first business
0: before coaching. Yes. Your first business yeah.
1: So what happened was i was um, I was working for a tech startup and I had my first child and then i had I was pregnant with my second child and at the same time that I was pregnant I had just passed through um, a program for co uh, co-op co uh, co-working oh, so myself that that was when that first came on the scene like w- women who wanted to stay working and they would you know I myself with another gal who was pregnant we Co what? I forgot the word, the name, co shit co-opt, co-op working. There was a word for that. it. Yeah. Anyways, um, so job we created job share. Job share. Job share. Yeah. Okay, so we created a job share position mm-hmm. and then shortly after that the company was sold. It was a tech company, it was sold to a bigger tech company that gobbled it up and they asked me if I wanted to move to the East Coast and stay with the company and at the okay. time. I didn't, and you know my husband's career was on the rise, and it just it didn't make sense, so I decided to stay home and um, after being home for a few years, uh, one one thing kind of led to another, and um, i had I had gone on a business trip with my husband to Argentina. I had just had my third child went through a lot of postpartum depression. When I went on this trip, it was more for just R and R for me to kind of get my head together. But there was something that happened on that trip that really changed me. I came in contact with a village of kids that just I connected with. And then when I came back home, I, I created a, um, I created a fundraiser for them and it went off. It was fantastic. I went back to Argentina and I gave the funds to these kids and from there I picked up some handbags and when I came back I started using them and people kept stopping me and asking me where did I get these handbags and I said I just you know I told them where I got them and I thought well gosh so many people are asking me where I got these handbags I'm going to start to import them and then I'll go back to Argentina and I'll donate more to this village so for three years I kept this village fed and clothed and I, would, I went back and I started buying books and I started creating libraries of books for these kids. And I would take the profits from the handbags. And then I started creating libraries of books for schools in Chicago. There was a charter school in Chicago that I built their first library of books from the, the profits of the, the bags. And it was a beautiful business. And um, it got to a point where I had to either decide to go big or to close it. And so, at that time, my husband was traveling a lot. I was traveling a lot, and there was just this voice, this whisper inside of me that it was time to close it for me. I had gotten the product into thirty three stores across the country by myself, and it was a it had I knew it had served its purpose when I said that I was closing all of my top level accounts like. These big accounts that I had in Texas and in Colorado, bought out all my stock. I had not one handbag left. Wow. So I knew it came to a beautiful close. I knew my time was done with it. And um that's how I that's how I journeyed on. That was like that first on my own thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's so right. that and then and then that's when we were moving in the books, and that's when I decided to become a coach and then launch a coaching business.
0: Yeah. So so we both live in Florida. I know.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you journey down to Florida? from, yeah. Florida,
1: right? from Yes. Florida. I'm a diehard Chicagoan. And um, last year, we have three boys. Our two older boys have launched and we still have a young one uh, who's just started last year. He was in eighth grade and we were, um, we had sold our home and we were Trying to decide what was gonna be next for us, whether we were just gonna stay in the suburbs of Chicago or move to the city, like a lot of people do. They move to the city. But we had been there our whole life and we were like, you know, we always liked Florida. We we had been coming down to the Gulf side for the last twenty years. So we thought, why don't we just go down to the Gulf and figure out like take a leap of faith and just trust that the net's going to appear. So we literally did that. We literally put all of our stuff in storage, took our clothes, got in the car and came down. Oh, wow. And it's been a journey ever since. And we, we, we ended up coming to the, um, Atlantic side and I just love this side there's a lot of commerce here we've planted some roots down here now for this last year and it just feels it feels like our new home it's been a, it's been an amazing journey it's been fun to like come to somewhere where i don't know anyone not a soul and just start to create community start to create friends and bonds and just it's it's been a really great journey and it's something that you know has been great for me to model to my clients right who are Who Let maybe that little inner whisper that they want to listen to, they let it, they kind of like push it off to the side. You know, when they see someone else has done it, they see what could be possible for them too.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's so true. And I love that you, you did this, you still have a son at home, so he had to switch schools and everything. Oh yeah, eighth grade. (laughs) Yeah, that's some tough times that, you know, we, we switched in sixth grade and uh, fourth grade and I, I know a lot of people will say, well, let's wait until the kids are out of school, or let's wait until this yeah, or that. But you
1: just never know what's going to happen between now and then. Yeah, You don't, you know? And I always think that when you get an idea, when an idea comes to you and it doesn't leave you, it yeah. keeps sur- resurfacing, there's a reason. That, that idea needs to be birthed. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we look at it from that perspective versus a fearful perspective versus a perspective of what am I going to lose? Like if I do this, you're not going to get the same result.
0: Absolutely. And, and the, you know, there's other things too that a lot of people will talk about being down here, the hurricanes, the alligators. <laughs> yeah, and <I> mean, <laughs> we had tornadoes.
1: Yeah. I mean six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Yes. And yes. we came last year. When remember when we first met? We had just finished Dorian, right? Yes. That was a bad one. <laughs> I know. It didn't scare me away. I'm not, I haven't moved.
0: <laughs> I know. I
1: get, you know, three
0: hundred and sixty-four days of beautiful weather for one day of maybe I don't know, there there's there's um not a lot of hurricanes that have hit this area, knock on wood. Um just the location we are that tends to be they veer away from here, which is really nice, but um, I just think that uh, there's a lot of fear about having you know this, this alligator come and attack you, or a shark attack you, or something like that, or this the hurricane. But the chances of those things happening are so 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 slim, and yet I'm people are trading their desire away
1: for that. It's like that. Yes. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. And, you know, it's also, it feeds into, you know, life is uncertain. Whether you have something right now that feels really secure, it's still uncertain what's going to happen next year. Like, did we ever think when we met each other last September that we would be here today a year later in a pandemic? No. And I think the pandemic, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. So uncertainty is always here. Yeah. It's, how we, it's how we want to think about the uncertainty, how we respond to the uncertainty, what we make the uncertainty mean. It's all those things that really make the difference in the outcomes that we get.
0: Absolutely, and the I think this pandemic was really, um, it shook, I mean, shaking a lot of people to their core because things that we thought were safe are showing not to be safe jobs they thought were secure showing not to be secure. And um, my coach and mentor, David Nagel has said the safety and security comes in from inside you having trust in yourself to be able to deal with whatever comes your way, not from external circumstances. And this last few months has probably proven that more than anything that you can't control outside circumstances. You have no idea what's going to happen. But you do have control inside of how you're going to react to it and being resilient and just continuing to pick yourself up and push on. And that's that's where security comes from. And my trust in myself to be able to
1: deal with it. One thousand percent. I one thousand percent agree with that. That yeah. is spot on. Absolutely. So, well,
0: thank you so much for joining me and your insights. It was a great conversation. Thank you.
1: I love this. I loved our conversation. Awesome. We took a lot of different features <laughs> and I love, I love what we talked about. It's great to be here. So how can people find you? Sure, so I'm at www.PatriciaCimino.com. There's no H in my name, it's C-I-M-I-N-O. I -I I am going through a rebrand right now, So, but you can go to my site. I do write a weekly blog that always gives strategies to thrive. I'm really on Facebook and social media a lot. I love it, it's my playground. So I do a lot of Facebook Lives offering, again, strategies to thrive and i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram i do have a youtube channel it's just the beginning of a channel so i just started putting stuff there but um for sure yeah any any of those avenues you can find me i have a great freebie right now um my website how to go uh, ask the five most powerful questions to ask yourself to take you from stuck to taking action so that's a really
0: yeah That's awesome. And I know I've watched some of your videos too, and they're just fantastic. And I catch them when I can and catch the replays a lot. And they're (laughs) really great insights. I I appreciate that you do those.
1: Thanks, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me as your guest today. Thanks for coming on thank
0: you for listening in to the create a life you don't need a vacation from podcast and if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from be sure to reach out to me at facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation and also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes have a great day take care now